Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Diving into physiology, neuroscience and linguistic programming so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career. Moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money or make a real difference to people's lives. Tune in weekly if you care more than others. Think wisely as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe and receive our free newsletter and other goodies. Here is your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello, my name is John Cassidy Rice. I have the pleasure to be your host for this podcast. And in our series of how people have been using NLP in their everyday lives, we have Sharan Webb with us. Hello, Sharan. Hello, John. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to join us and share your experiences. Um, my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure to do this. Fabulous. Uh, so, so what got you involved in NLP? What was your interest initially? Well, I got involved in NLP um, about five, six years ago. Um, at the time, I um, was actually seeing a counsellor because I suffer from depression. Right. And I've um, had depression, gosh, for such a long time. And it's almost one of those things, I don't know if I've always had it and it's always been dormant and I've just had little trigger points throughout my life that's just brought it about. Um, but my father died when I was 15. Oh, and sorry to hear that. But, thank you. But even though on the outside world, I am such a happy, like a go person. I'm always smiling. And in fact, the amount of times people tell me, God, you're such a smiler. You're always so happy. But underneath all that, I've still had a lot of pain going on. And I never, never, ever spoke to anyone about it. And about six years ago, I think things came to a head because um, I I just withdrew. I withdrew from my marriage. Um, I still carried on my day-to-day activities, i.e. being a mum. But it was almost going through the motions. But I, I just wasn't feeling anything. And the weird thing was, I actually didn't know why I was behaving like this. I I knew what the word depression meant, but I never really associated it with myself. Right. Because everybody did always say, oh, you know, just because I do have a great and positive outlook to life. But there's almost those two parts to who I was. There's the Shram the whole world saw. And there was a Shram who I knew and only I saw when I was at home. And um, basically, after having a very uh, heart-to-heart chat with my husband, where it was basically a make-or-break situation between us, I actually expressed how I was, how I was feeling. And, um, and the, my thoughts were, I really do need to go and see a doctor because I don't want to carry on like this. Um, I want to be loved and I want to show love. And I just was in this downward spiral. My doctor was fantastic and... Um, she suggested I saw a counsellor and the counsellor was, I can't express how wonderful she was. For the first time in my life, I actually spoke about how I felt. And one of the things I was left, that she left me with was, right, Sharan, she said, now that, you know, my last, she, she kind of feed me these little snippets, little 
seeds of, um, you know, just planting the seeds of what I could become. Yeah. And she just said, I want you to read. Just read. doesn't matter what you read. It could be a magazine. It could be anything. Just start reading. So I did. I, I absolutely became obsessed with reading. I used to love reading as a child. Had, hadn't really got back into it. And then I sort of had toyed with the idea, like, okay, I want to do something with my life now because the counselling had helped. It kind yes. of got me this, um, I won't say I'm cured, but I'll say it got me to the point where I could feel again, okay. where I feel passion again. Sorry, John, I thought you were going to say something. All right. No, actually, thinking back that, so I think reading is very underestimated hmm. and it, it, as a therapeutic tool, and it's wonderful to hear it being utilised in such a way. Yeah, and, and do you know what I found was, for that moment when I read, you, your whole focus, everything, you know, you are in that mindfulness state because you are living those characters' lives. And then when you come out of it, it's just like, okay, I, I, I want to read something else then. You, you do become like a sponge again. And um, so I had a chat with my husband and he was like, what, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, HR was my background. I love HR. Yes. Um, the public, the private charity sector. I love working with people. So I took the elements of the job I used to love to recreate what I wanted to become. And um, so I retrained as a coach. And it was just by pure chance I was having a chat with a friend. And I mentioned to her, even though I like counselling, I wouldn't want to become a counsellor because I don't really like dealing with the past. I kind of want to deal with the here and now. And like, where can I go with this? What's my future about? So she mentioned NLP, and it was the first time I ever um, heard about it. And she had gone through um, the master stage and just basically told me the information. And straight away, you know, when the light bulb switches on, and I thought, I really want to do this. And so that's what I did. I researched into it, and then I um, actually did my practitioner NLP. And when I was doing the course, what struck me was it's like, it was like I was actually having therapy for myself for the first yes. <laughs> And, you know, it was just, just, just the, the beginning where it was like when you your thoughts become into your feelings, then become into your behaviour. So I started to understand what that model meant. And then I started to think about how I behave. And then it was almost about noticing things about um, my feelings, you know, and noticing what my trigger points would be. So, like, for example, I noticed, you know, the little things that you learn, like I noticed when I'm, I, I stared down on the ground quite a lot and I knew that I was in my feelings phase. So then I, so suddenly it was teaching myself to notice these things about myself and think, right, what do I do now? I'm going to look outside. I'm just going to go for a walk. I might dance. I might actually read a book. It was sort of starting to incorporate some of the things I had learned about NLP into my everyday life. Um, part of that, I also meditate every day, and I also um, write. I write what my thoughts, what my feelings are. I mean, it's not something that I, like I said, it's not something that I think you're always cured. But what I've got better handle of is I have control over my depression now, in the sense that I've been doing this every single day. I've been using NLP. I anchor, especially the good moments. Um, I um, use all the visualization of where I want to go or what's what's fantastic in my life. 
I do work on myself and I have for the last five years every single day. So when I have those days where I am struggling, I have enough left in my self, in my head to be able to cope with it. Whereas if you'd asked me five years ago, I would have just carried on behaving and not realizing how to get out of it. Like every day I set my intention for myself, my intention to be kind, to use non-judgmental words. You know, what is it I want for myself, for my children, for my family? What am I giving back to society? So I ask these questions and every day I feel myself getting stronger and every day I feel more powerful than I did to that person I was. And I just wish I'd known about this years ago because I feel like I don't know when I've had this depression. I think I, I almost feel like I, I could have been a, ch- a child, a teenager with depression, but I never understood what it meant. No. But to finally put a word to it, but to finally find, actually, it is all my thoughts. Everything is going in my head, the unkind negativity that was going on. But I hadn't even realised, you know, it's the, when you wake up, to when brushing my teeth, my, my mind's going everywhere else. And then, then when you start to, you know, unpack it all, I'm thinking, my goodness, I wouldn't say half the things I say to myself to anyone, but I feel it's okay to say it to myself. So NLP to me has actually been one of the best things that I've ever, ever come across. I have to say better than any, like I said, it was a therapy for myself. Yes. I use it quite a lot with my clients too, you know, because, when my clients come to me with what they want to do, where they want to go, and I just, and you know, we start to think, we start to unpack it by thinking, okay, so what are you actually thinking? What's actually going through in your mind? And when they actually stop and they start to notice these things, that's when the light switches on. And that's where I find that the change starts to manif- manifest itself. Um, wow, that's so- excellent. Because it sounds like you've been on the journey and one thing led to another. Um, without the counselling, you may not have been quite ready for the NLP experience. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, if anyone out there who has depression, I, I'm not saying NLP is going to solve it. What I'm saying is I've gone through the medication. I've gone through the doctor route. I've gone through the counsellor to get me to where I needed to be, to get to ha- – because with depression, there's just this horrible numbness. Yes. can't – people will have their own way of describing what they're feeling with me like I said I was on like a robot I could function I could eat I could drink but there was just something missing you know there was just it's almost like my soul had left my body and I didn't know how to get it back I just couldn't feel anything I, right. I just you know I could hug my children and I knew I loved them but there was I couldn't feel any connection with anybody no and so what I say is like with NLP, but it's almost like a self-care. You you know, it's like, um, you know, it's like, well, like if I say you had bad, uh, low blood pressure or your cholesterol was high, you try to fix that by what you put into your body. But the depression is what I'm putting into my mind. And that's what I work on each day. Right. Fabulous. Now you talked about various different techniques and I'm sure there's some people listening to this who relate to that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the techniques you talked about two predominantly one was anchoring and one was visualization from and you talked about anchoring in when you're feeling good could you just talk us through that so if somebody wanted to do that for themselves yeah. how, how, what did what do you do 
So um, for me, mind cleaners, I love running. Um, I just love being out in nature. So I run and I've actually joined a walking club. And um, so when I'm at that moment, so for example, running, um, I, I run towards the river. And sometimes when you just see uh, just a beautiful scenery, and it makes you, takes your breath away and you just stop. So I have a, a, a little point on my arm where I will hold on to it. So I will, it's almost like pure happiness for me. I can hear, I can smell, I can almost taste the happiness. Yes. And I can see something so beautiful. And so, and what I've do is I've been building up on my anchors. So there'll be other times when I'm, um, if I'm in a situation out with friends and we're having a fantastic time chatting and stuff, I actually take a moment out to myself, but I've noticed I'm doing this more and more often. I think I say to myself, my God, I'm so happy. I'm loving this moment. Then I'll anchor that feeling straight away. So, yes. and then I use it. So if I'm, if I need some confidence or if I'm going into a meeting or feeling, I just will hold on to that moment where I put all my anchors and it just sends this lovely shudder into my body. And it just reminds me of just how powerful you can be, basically. Yes. So you, you have a set point where, where you touch. Um, you said on your arm, I believe. For, for me, it's on my arm. It's on my wrist because I do like... Um, yes. <laughs> I'm not sure I should put a little tattoo on my wrist, <laughs> a little heart tattoo. So <laughs> I'm onto there. <laughs> so, so you have a feeling and you touch it at the same point and you've got a tattoo that's there. Yeah. Um, and it's when you're running. Now, if I'm at the sort of like the beginning of this change, so say I'm, you know, you're seeing one of your clients, how do you start to identify those moments of sort of happiness? Because you talked about that numbness. So you didn't start from the running, you, you ended up there. So what would be a small sign that I could pick up on that would help me capture a, a feeling that not numbness, so that I could work towards that happiness. So normally if um, a client is struggling to find that moment of happiness, I would ask the question of, can you remember a time when you've been happy and, and get them to talk about it? Or is there a favourite song that makes them smile, a favourite uh, film, a book, poem, anything that sort of triggers off memories of happiness or it could have been the last time, um, you know, somebody held them, hugged them, the feelings of comfort, anything that made them feel content. So it's allowing the mind to bring back those memories. Then I would look at the, the physical being, you know, because you can tell when someone's happy. That yeah. the, the, the tone changes, isn't it? The eyes light up and the voices have a bit of passion the hands are moving um so what so it's a case of i'd ask them to bring back those memories and it's like and just then just think about that just sit with that those memories for a second and just sort of then that is when i would start to anchor it on them yeah okay so you can start off with a small feeling of just feeling a little bit better and build on that over a period of time exactly so even if it's somebody said um even if i mean everyone Everyone will have a memory, even if it's, um, you know, even sometimes, even sometimes with a client where they've struggled um, for a memory. I've actually stopped the session in my uh, office and said, right, we're going to go for a walk. Because, you know, I just honestly do believe nature is one of the best um, medicine. 
Yes. So just walking around and asking them to describe what they see, you know, the trees, the woodlife, whatever's going on around us. Um, it's, it's just to kind of get away from like that feeling of numbness to sort of try and start feeling something. But then don't forget, they wouldn't be coming to me if they're in a state of depression. No. It would be a case of, you know, I am actually, I feel like this, but I actually don't want to feel like this anymore. I want okay. to see improvement. So that is the state of mind that I would expect from my, you know, I'd be looking for in my client. Excellent. So that chance to get out into nature really and to connect what you see, hear and feel really works well. It does. And, you know, and then that kind of links in beautifully with the visualisation. It's just like, you know, so a lot of times, like especially with my female clients, it's all about what they're wearing in terms of the colour. Yes. What's a strong colour for you to wear? And have you come across the uh, Wonder Woman pose? And yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> it was this lecturer in the in the US who basically found that um, that when she had men and um, men and um, women in her class, that the men would be the ones to put their hands up, but the women would be sort of, you know, less so because the men would be more dominant in her classes. So she created this Wonder Woman pose where you stand up um, with your hands on your hips with a stance, you know, just like Superman does. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> and then she asked them to do it for a minute before you go into the lectures or before you go for an interview. And what she found was that because they're stood up and they've sort of, you know, they're seeing the world from a different point of view, I suppose, is what she's trying to say. Yes. They were more confident when they walked into the classroom. Because a lot of times people are hunched over looking on their phones and not really paying attention to what their surroundings are about. So for me in the visualisation, and I do a lot of this work with young girls, is to what is your Wonder Woman pose? If everything was, if you were as confident as you wanted to be, how would you look? What? How would you sit? How would you stand? How would you hold your head? What would your body be, language be saying? Then what would you be thinking? So the visualisation and anchoring are so well linked and sort of the, the, they're married ever so well. Yes. And I think what you're talking about there is a holistic approach to helping somebody where it's what's going on inside their head, i.e. the visualizations, what they're saying to themselves. It's the physical, the physiology shifts and change all go to having an impact. Yeah. No, 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 exactly. It is. I mean, which is why I um, really got into mindfulness as well. And interestingly, um, more and more I'm coaching my clients I am adding, before I start, I just, you know, we do a few deep breaths just to sort of focus and to get them into this room. And it's about you. Let's leave whatever else is going on in the outside world outside of this room. And I, I have noticed more and more clients are interested in mindfulness because it's almost like everyone feels the pressure of social media. And as a parent, you're feeling you're worried about your children, the impact it's having on them, the emails and work-life balance is kind of getting very 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 tricky and more difficult to sort of sustain so mindfulness in terms of the holistic view you know it is about your well-being and it is about not what exactly what you what, what also what you're putting into your body food wise but also what you're putting into your body thought wise that expression you are what you eat I always yes. say you yes. are what you think and that's also where those role models are important and quite possibly we've seen in the media is 
at least a step forward to positive role models for women. Yeah. Hence Wonder Woman and yes. uh, the <laughs> Hunger Games. No, We've no, seen... it, it is so true, you know, and I think these days more and more it's um, positive role models for women, but also in, in the business world as well. Yes. You know, and we are told now you can become whatever you want to. And I was always told that by my granddad, you know, he had no, so I always had that sort of sense of regardless of being a woman, you can do what you want. But obviously society doesn't allow, always allow that, especially if you want to have a family, if you want to have children, because more likely it will be a woman who has that career break. And then what I found with a lot of, um, even my friends I speak to and a lot of my clients is when, if you're at a job at a certain point, and you've had a career break, you feel like you're starting back at the bottom again. Yes. And so when you look at these role models, it's almost like, I just wish somebody would have had that honest conversation with me as a teenager. It's, you know, it's okay to want a family, but think about what kind of career, you know, how how can you have a career and a family? What's got to give? Or if you don't want to have a family, you know how can what kind of career could you have that's just going to allow you just to keep going yes you know so I think in terms of role models I think it's fantastic that we're having more and more women coming out because I'm gosh I'm trying to think of um what's that lady on The Apprentice I really like her Rach no do you know who I'm referring to oh yes yes um I can't think of the name at the moment it'll come back to me (laughs) I know she's typical. For some reason, I, I can see her in my head, but I can't yes. remember. Her. Yeah, well, and again, that a very powerful female role model. But there's nothing in in the middle, you know. They say women can't have it all, and I don't know if you can have it all. But I'm just, I just want the honest conversations that we need to have with our daughters to say, think if you want a family, think about it within your career. Yes. And in terms of what's your childcare going to be? Because then there's this guilt that everyone always puts on you. If you want to go back to work, you know, that's not the right thing to do. If you're at home with your kids, that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think take the guilt away too. Because um, yeah. what happens, this, uh, this kind of leads to a lot of the depression as well. You know, the trigger points for women. Yes. You know, from when I used to love going into the office, you have an identity you lose that identity when you have children because you don't know where you fit into the world again. That's right. Hmm. Wow. We've covered a lot. We have, haven't we? <laughs> here the time. I, I'm definitely going to take it away, the Wonder Woman uh, Superman pose from for today anyway. <laughs> you do it. Tell that to everybody. It does work. I actually did it before I started my <laughs> talk. Excellent. <with> <laughs> So if there's somebody listening and they've maybe got some questions or would like to contact you, how would they go about that, Sharon? Yeah, um, so I have a website. Please feel free to have a look. So it's www.sharanwebblifecoach.com. So I was going to spell Sharan. That's S-H-A-R-A-N. <laughs> so it's just sharanweblifecoach.com. And all my details are on there in terms of how you can contact me. Excellent. Thank you ever so much for taking the time to speak with us. You're welcome, John. I really, really enjoyed this. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, This series of NLP in Everyday Lives, I'm finding very exciting because a lot of times we hear about NLP and it's the big, huge transformational type stuff. And what's nice is to hear people using it in everyday life. So 
you've got any questions please do let us know and we will talk soon until next time bye thanks for tuning in you were just listening to the nlpcourses.com podcast show if you enjoyed the show please leave a review on itunes and make sure to head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter this will ensure you're kept fully up to date on the latest in-depth NLP topics of interest. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistic programming and beyond.